0: You are listening to The Addiction, hosted by Andrea Fonsby on WSUW. On this episode of The Addiction, our special guest is the recently retired drug court judge of Racine, Wisconsin. Judge Patak has been working with the court for several years now and has helped shape it to how it functions today. On this episode, he will be sharing how it works and how it has impacted Racine, Wisconsin and families in the area. So first off, I'd like to thank you for talking with me today. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm glad to do it.
0: Could you first begin with a brief background of your time as a judge for Racine?
1: Sure. I've been a judge for 28 years. Before being a judge, I was the district attorney for eight years, and I was initially appointed by Governor Tommy Thompson, and I've subsequently been elected to six, uh, six-year six terms. Okay. And um, as a judge in Racine County, I've been the chief judge for 12 of those years. Uh, Actually, deputy chief judge for six and then chief judge for six. As I recall,
0: you also have worked with the Racine Drug Court, and I'd like to focus on that today. Um, Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about the court's goals and how it works?
1: Sure. We have two treatment courts, which um, we started with me as part of the teams on each. One is called the Racine County Alcohol and Drug Treatment Court. The other is called the 2nd um, Judicial District Veterans Treatment Court. The treatment court is based upon the concept of helping people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol and who uh, may have what's called co-occurring problems, such as mental health issues, and uh, setting up a system to help them address the issue of addiction. It uses treatment based upon their need after they've been assessed by a clinician and requires that they participate in treatment that they uh, take regular um, drug Mm -hmm. tests to make sure they're um, clean or stay clean. It's based upon moving forward in their lives to positive goals, such as employment and stability and residence and so on. And then once they're there, they continue in the program, uh, work through um, a series of incentives or rewards that are given to them and sanctions that are used if they don't complete the program requirements or have some problem. And that's based upon behavioral health modification uh, approach that uh, helps them, you know, again, Mm -hmm. stay clean. Do other
0: counties in southeastern Wisconsin have drug courts like Racine or is Racine unique?
1: Racine is not unique. Kenosha has a drug treatment court Uh, Walworth County has an alcohol treatment court, I believe, and I think Kenosha has a mental health treatment court. The veterans treatment court that we have is based on the treatment court model, but it Mm -hmm. requires that people be veterans. And our definition in in this district is that they served in the military for at least 90 days and depends on their discharge status and so on. But it uses the idea that people were in the military and um, where there's a, what's called a buddy mm-hmm. system, and it brings into the fold of other veterans who serve as mentors for the people who participate in the court.
0: Okay. Now, how has the court changed over the years since it began? Has it changed in its programming? Has it gotten bigger?
1: The, the Alcohol and Drug Treatment Court has changed in that when we began, we were looking at people who were drinking and uh, having alcohol problems, and then it ultimately expanded into drugs. We started out, you know, fairly small. Mm-hmm. The program was begun without uh, any additional resources. We just simply redirected resources that we had available to us. So, for example, we brought the probation agent to the table as a member of the team, and they were supervising these people who were on probation. Okay. Uh, we brought the DA, the public defender, treatment people, um, people to monitor the program who. Um, Evaluate it and help us to stay on top of what's happening. The programs are required to meet certain requirements and to, um, show that they are effective. We don't want to fund things that are not effective. And so we look to see what the results are to make sure that we're accomplishing our goals. And, uh, recently in the last several years, the state of Wisconsin, because there are so many treatment courts around the state now, has established statewide standards. Mm um, and the goal is to make sure that the teams meet the standards. And there's certain state fundings that are now available for the programs called TAD funds, T A D, treatment and alternatives. Money that is used by the state to fund programs, um, and hopefully fund those programs that can show that they're doing effective work and having a positive result.
0: Okay.
1: Certainly, the heroin issue is a big one for us, especially in the treatment court. Probably I would say the majority of the people that come to us in the treatment court now are people who are addicted to heroin, and which is a different ball game altogether mm-hmm. because it's so addictive and so much more difficult to deal with to get people um, off it and to mm-hmm. stay off of it because uh, uh, because it's such a, a good high, right. if you will. People keep wanting to go back to it and have a hard time overcoming their now, addiction. Speaking
0: of heroin, if you have somebody that enters the court system, how can the drug court impact them?
1: Ideally, if they are qualified uh, for the program based upon the charge that Mm -hmm. they're facing. The treatment court programs don't take people who are violent offenders, generally. They take people who are nonviolent, so the most common charge would be a drug charge. Sometimes it's a charge that relates to the behavior, such as forgery or someone stealing family members' checks or credit cards and using them to get money to buy drugs, etc., but if they qualify, then um, it can help them address their addiction, okay. and uh, hopefully um, these programs generally run about 18 months if they're successful, and moving through the various phases of the program, meet the requirements, and are able to overcome the addiction, then they'll okay. graduate.
0: So would you say that like, the theft and things like that are, would be the biggest reason that heroin users are ending up in the court? Is that the most like common scenario? Is related yeah, so crimes. they want to
1: take advantage of it. Most of these people come to the program realizing they have a problem and want to help in overcoming it. It's cost effective. Um, I think that um, with high, we take what are called high risk, high need people. Mm-hmm. In other words, their behavior is risky, and that's measured by what are called assessment tools. And then a clinician uh, evaluates them to get them to the program to figure out whether they're high need in terms of their treatment need. And if they qualify as high risk and high need then um, they come into the program. And statistics show that with that type of uh, population, for every dollar we spend, we generally Mm -hmm. save $3 because if people are successful, obviously, they're not Mm -hmm. coming back to us, they're not being put in jail or imprisoned, being productive, they're very often able to support their families Mm -hmm. and themselves, and families get reunited and um, so on. Well,
0: that's a really great statistic to hear.
1: Yes. The one statistic that you should know that is not necessarily disappointing, but Mm -hmm. everyone expects the programs to be successful, everyone, and they're not. The national average for success is just a little bit over 50%. We're at about that with our treatment court. We might be a little lower, like right around 50%. Um, You know, we'd be hopeful that more people would be successful. Unfortunately, they're not. But those people who are successful are returned to being productive, citizens with living positive lifestyles. Well, that's good
0: to hear. Now, sort of related to that, do you think that use of opiates or pain medicines are playing a role in Racine's drug use? And have you been seeing any trends, like a possible overall increase in southeastern Wisconsin with
1: well, heroin Well, the last several years, yes. Uh, the heroin problem is epidemic. Okay. Uh, more and more people um, come into the system with that problem, although I think in the community in general, people are trying to address mm-hmm. it. When we started the treatment court program, we actually met with doctors at the hospital about how they were prescribing pain medications, okay. because that's very often the route that people find that gets into heroin. Basically, mm-hmm. they may have a legitimate need for pain medications because of their health, or their injury perhaps. They um, like them, they become accustomed to them, and then mm-hmm. when the doctors try to scale them back, they are not able to do that, and the people go out and seek pain medications and then they realize when they can't get their pain medications which are expensive to right. get on the streets if they can't get them from their doctor then they turn to heroin because it's so much cheaper and it's a right. much better high and then they get right. addicted. kind of the scenario that we
0: Okay see. lastly do you have anything else that you'd like to add about the Racine Drug Court that the work they do for the community at all?
1: No I think it's important work I think it's um Again, it's not something that's cut out for everyone. It needs to be someone who has you know, a high level of need for treatment. It's not made to address the problem of a casual user, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people think it should, and everybody ever used drugs should go to the drug court, and it's not, that's not right. the case. It needs to be people who are addicted and um, have a certain level of treatment need. So it's not the panacea that everybody thinks it might be, In general, until they get in the inside and take a look at it, Mm -hmm. it is a very good thing for people who are motivated to change their lives, and it does help them do that. And we've had tremendous success, in my opinion. When you have people come to court and when they're graduating Mm -hmm. and when family members stand up and say, thank you for giving us our son or daughter back, Mm -hmm. or if you have a participant saying, thank you for saving my life. If it Mm -hmm. hadn't been for the treatment court, I'd either be in prison or I'd be dead. From an overdose, right. you know. So, and we have a number of people who've come into the program who have, you know, previously overdosed okay. and um, has had success in um, overcoming their addiction. So it's it's an important program. Um, I think it needs to keep going. It needs to grow. Okay. Um, yeah. and it is growing generally. I think now we have about thirty to thirty-five people in the program at any given time. When we began, we just had maybe fifteen or so. So wow. we're doing more. Um, but more needs to be done. Well, thank
0: you so much for your time today. and I okay, hope you. En- hope it's
1: helpful.
0: Yeah, and I hope you enjoy your retirement. For more information about the Racine Drug Court, please visit racinecounty.com or call 262-632-1780. Tune in to The Addiction next time to hear from Executive Director of the Hope Council in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and how they are helping those who are seeking help to get on the right track.